Hello, hello, hello. I am Matt Williamson. Hope everyone had a wonderful weekend. We actually did some axe throwing yesterday, which was crazy and very fun. Um, so, two-parter as usual. The Jeremy Fowler, who actually used to be a couple doors down from me at Latrobe at camp in the dorms, and used to cover the Steelers, now has a national job with ESPN, and he is polling league coaches, executives, et cetera, et cetera, front office people, position by position and coming up with top 10 honorable mentions, also receiving votes list. And all the front seven guys are in the books, you know, so off the ball linebackers, edge, D tackles. Want to buzz over the Steelers mentioned there. Um, and in the second half, the show is something a little bit different too. So linebackers, none. You know, the Steelers didn't have any that are currently on the team, any from last year. I hope that doesn't surprise you whatsoever. You know, that's a area of concern. It's a weakness. We talk linebacker a lot. I'm sure none of you expected the Steelers to have a true off-the-ball linebacker anywhere close to the top 10, either from last year or this year. Now, the edge guys, spoiler alert, TJ Watt's on there. Um, It shocked me Alex Highsmith was not, though, you know, because they have top 10, and then they go for the honorable mentions, which... Jalen Phillips, Aiden Hutchinson, Trey Hendrickson, Khalil Mack, Cameron Jordan. I'm not saying Highsmith's quite at that level yet, but these other guys that also receiving votes, Zadarius Smith, Rashawn Gary, Daniil Hunter, I would have all those guys ahead of Highsmith as well. But Chandler Jones missed the whole year up in age. Josh Sweat, uh, Nwosu from Seattle, Shaq Barrett. I think he's in that category already. I mean, he's put up quite a few sacks over the last two years, proved it is not just a product of Watt. So maybe he needs one more year in the top, you know, a 10 plus sack guy to get this type of recognition. But I do think Highsmith is is just missed of a just miss, I guess, or it would be my, my way of saying that. Now, the edge rushers. To me, there's four elite guys, and I don't use the term elite very often. And TJ is one of them. Micah Parsons is another. Miles Garrett and Nick Bosa. And frankly, if you put those four in any order you want, I understand it. To me, this isn't super Steeler related, but I think the clear number five is Max Crosby from the Raiders. They had Crosby six, and they have Hassan Reddick from the Eagles five, who's also great, but Reddick does not play nearly the snaps of a Watt or a Crosby or a Garrett. They have basically hockey lines of defensive linemen in Philly, and I'm not holding this against him, but certainly Crosby and Watt and Garrett last year didn't have this advantage. It's a lot easier to put up sacks when you have huge leads in the second half, and the fact that Reddick's out there Help them get that lead, of course, but playing with massive leads like the Eagles did against the weakest schedule in the league, I think helped Reddick more than anyone else on here. And Crosby would have been five for me. Now, the top four going four to one, they have Watt at four, which I'm not going to fight them on, to be very honest with, because the other three had a better year. And if I said we're splitting hairs between all of them, What have you done for me lately has to come into the equation. But they say things like this. I mean, one of the NFC execs said, when healthy, Watt is hands down the best in the game. This is a direct quote. Watt is to edge rush what Aaron Donald is to the interior. 
wow. You know, I mean, so by no means is anyone saying, oh, he lost a step, blah, blah, blah. I mean, someone ranked him one. He was one last year. Remarkably, his lowest rank was seven. I don't know how anyone could have TJ Watt as the seventh overall edge player. But I'm f- I'm, c- I'm fine with him at four just because these other three are awesome. They have Parsons at three. They have Garrett at two. They have Bosa at one, which again, he's coming off player of the year, defensive player of the year, just like Watt was a year ago. Watt was one last year. Bosa's won this year. You win the award as best defense player in the league. I mean, I have a hard time fighting you on that. Um, Bosa's an unbelievable player. They also played with a lot of leads in a very soft schedule, but by no means am I holding that against him. Now, the D tackle ranks, I have more of a qualms with. And Cam Hayward is on here. Um, he's not in the also receiving votes. He's not in the honorable mentions. Good. You know, so if we count him down till we get to Cam, Jonathan Allen of the Commanders is 10. I'm fine with that. Highly disruptive, up the field dude. And Hayward's nine. Highest ranking was three. Lowest ranking was unranked. Somebody didn't think Cam Hayward was a top 10 defensive tackle. He's 34 years old. He was fifth on this list last year. I got problems with that. Uh, I think this is way too low. I'm not saying he should be one or two, but, and they're at both these positions. The talent, as I always tell you guys, in the league is overwhelming. I mean, there are so many good players, but the guys ahead of them are Deron Payne, also from Washington. I prefer Cam, but I have no problem with any of these dudes. DeForest Buckner is a star for the Colts. I would probably put him and Cam in the exact same tier. Uh, Dexter Lawrence from the Giants, uh, Javon Hargrave, you know, all the guys I'm sure you're familiar with, Quinnen Williams, Jeffrey Simmons. So these dudes are awesome. Chris Jones is one, Aaron Donald, or Aaron Donald's one, Chris Jones is two. I think you can make a case for Hayward at three. I think nine's too low. Probably the lowest I could go on him is about seven. And one of the execs on here said something along the lines of, we think he's declining, and that's where I have a problem with it. I don't see any decline in play from Hayward at all. I mean, I think he's as disruptive and asked to do as much as anybody. So that gave me a, yeah, rubbed me the wrong way a little bit. I just don't think Hayward should be that low. So interesting stuff. We'll be back in a minute, and I got something you might not suspect here for you. I dug this up the other day, so I'm not even sure where I got it from. Oh, well, who cares? So since 2013, so we have 10 seasons of data here. What teams are the best on the road in the entire league over the last 10 years? And they included international games, and they also included neutral site games. So... If you're not in your home building, whether whether you're labeled the home team or not, you know, if Steelers play Jacksonville in London, they're both going to be considered away teams in that situation or a neutral site game in the U.S. or whatever, but that counted as one of your home games, that's not that, that's still counted. So if you're away from home in any manner, 
you're considered a road game. So I would assume no one is surprised that the Chiefs have won 69% of their road games over a 10-year stretch. And that's not even all Mahomes. That's bonkers. And go back and look at it too. Since Andy Reid has been there, they're like 5-1 and one or 6-0 and oh in that division every year. I mean, it's almost like Brady Belichick. And their division's not the most difficult in the world, and neither was Brady and Belichick's. But owning the guys you play every year, two games a year, is super impressive to me. Speaking of the Patriots, they're still number two on this list. And a lot of that is obviously the Brady-Belichick era and also dominating their um, opponents in the division. They've won 62% of their games. So Chiefs are still 7% better. I mean, they won 69% of their games. Patriots won 62. Seattle's just under 600. They're at 599. They also have an awesome home field advantage, as do the Saints, who are at 57%. So both those teams are really hard to play in their building. Domes, loud, Seattle's weather, all that stuff. But they've also been really good on the road. And of course, that's Russell Wilson. That's Drew Brees. I mean, it won't shock you. Good teams win on the road. Dallas is next. They've won 55% of their games, as have the Steelers. The Steelers have one half game difference than Dallas. Dallas is 54 and 36 in road games. The Steelers are 44, 36 and one. So one game different or one half a game difference in that Dallas won a game that the Steelers tied. So in the last 10 years, there's only five teams better than the Steelers on the road. And one of them is barely, barely, barely. I mean, almost tied. And you're talking with the Saints and Seahawks and Patriots and Chiefs, all of whom's head coach, along with Tomlin, in my opinion, Carroll, you know, Belichick, Reed, Peyton, are all Hall of Fame guys, you know, with basically Hall of Fame-ish quarterbacks, Mahomes, Brady, Wilson-ish is why I said Wilson, Breeze, Ben, you know. The fact that Dallas is on there is kind of impressive, too. They don't have quite that stability or that same level Hall of Fame quarterback. But that shocked me. You know, I mean, over the last 10 years, the Steelers have not been winning Super Bowls like the Chiefs and Patriots, but they're not that far off as just road teams. So I found that interesting. Thought you might as well. Uh, talk soon. Over and out.